This episode is proudly sponsored by The Helix, a new innovation district located in New Brunswick, New Jersey, the heart of the Northeast Corridor. The Helix provides a critical ecosystem for innovation by offering a range of physical environments, a vibrant community of leading innovators, and a strategic central location on the Northeast Corridor. The Helix will uniquely mix workspaces, classrooms, laboratories, venues, and collaborative environments creating a dynamic community and setting for innovative minds. Universities, startups, Fortune 500 companies, entrepreneurs, researchers, and many others will all call the Helix home. Thus far, the Helix has assembled a community of innovative private and public organizations, such as Rutgers Health, the New Jersey Innovation Hub, RWJ Barnabas Health, Hackensack Meridian Health, universities from Ireland and Israel, and others. The Helix is where ideas will come to life. To learn more, visit helixnj.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. From NJ.com and the Star Ledger, welcome to the Rutgers Rant, your one-stop podcast for the Scarlet Knights. With your hosts, Steve Politi and Rutgers insiders, Brian Fonseca and Pat Lenny. Let's start shopping. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the pod. 31-0 lost to Minnesota, but that's not what we're going to talk about. You know what we're going to talk about. Gavin Wimsett, the new starting quarterback at Rutgers. Uh, Greg Schiano has ripped off the Band-Aid. He will start against Michigan this weekend. He will start the rest of the season. It's a notable change in philosophy, at least it was based on what he said after the Indiana game when he said this was a program that uh, is developmental but plays production. But now he says, and the quote, he showed why we're excited about his future. That's what I would come away with on Saturday. It's a matter of time. It's a matter of when, not if. Fonseca, give us the news here. What uh, Were you surprised by what he said or was this trending in this direction? No, I wasn't surprised. The only way reason I was surprised is that Gavin was healthy enough to play he took a really really hard hit at the end there of that minnesota game and i don't remember the last time i saw someone's head bounce off the turf so hard right. uh, so just the fact that he's healthy enough to play is great news for Rutgers. the ph- the philosophy turned to wimsett uh, kind of makes sense given where they are season wise where noah vedrill's health is it seems like his hand is not getting any better uh, matt millen made a point of that many times in the broadcast you could see his thumb's still wrapped up he's having a hard time gripping the ball and you might as well give the kid an opportunity to work his way through things. Uh, he clearly has, you know, some ways to go. Uh, he made some mistakes, but you clearly see the signs of what he could be. And obviously at some point, those signs have to convert into something. I think people are going to be sick of talking about potential at some point, but I think you saw he was so physically impressive, which has always been the thing about him, but it's just a matter of him making those throws, getting some help from his wide receivers. Although he can definitely help himself by learning to throw with touch versus that rocket arm he has. I, looking back at the film, I was a bit harsh on him on Saturday. I thought he was a lot better after watching the film. He looked a lot better than the stats, certainly. And I think they did, they did the right move, from my perspective, rip the Band-Aid off, play for the future, give him a chance, figure out, evaluate where you are with him, and kind of give him some confidence to know that, hey, this is your time, this is your team. Let's roll with it. Let's see what you can do. This is your chance. 
it's ultimately ir- irrelevant because <clears throat> I also felt the same way watching uh, the game that, that you did. And I wasn't, I wasn't overly impressed. And my bigger concern was I didn't think he got appreciate appreciably better than he was what we saw at the Gator bowl. Um, I guess, you know, watching some of the clips you put in your, your film review, I kind of agree that maybe I, that assessment was harsh. That said, you know, still has accuracy issues, passed up several opportunities to run when he, when he could have gotten, I thought a pretty good distance just based on what I was seeing, you know, in the clips. Uh, Pat, what did you think of his performance? And, you know, obviously there's just a lot that he's got to improve on. There's definitely a lot he's got to improve on, but you could see, as Greg Chano said, you could see the future. I could kind of see that as well compared to other Rutgers quarterbacks. You could see that he was making throws that other quarterbacks weren't. He throws the ball downfield so much better than, than the other two. The, the arm strength is remarkably better. I was, I was just like you surprised at how little he ran and, and how little they called runs for him and utilized his legs because I thought he's a, I think he's a better quarterback when he's outside the pocket, but I thought he also showed good poise in the pocket. He stepped up on a couple good throws and he had some good downfield, went through his progressions kind of well, but accuracy is the thing that he really needs to improve on. Oh yeah. I mean, those, those overthrows are going to kill him. (laughs) I mean, it gets, it gets Michigan, especially against a good team. Forget it. A good defense. That's going to be a big problem. I mean, but he's right. I guess what Channel said, this is where we are as a program right now. You know, they've <laughs> they've punted on 2022. He will never say that, but that's what's happening here. Uh, and it's a kind of a fascinating situation to be in. You know, they're putting all their eggs in his basket to get ready for next season. And that's, I, I mean, I get with, with, with where they are with four games left. I mean, I guess that's what you have to do, Brian. I mean, that's, that's kind of all that's left for this year. Yeah. And I understood his point earlier when he mentioned starting Noah Vedral that you want to give the locker room the confidence that we're winning now. We're not worried about the future. But the flip side of that is that a vast, not a vast majority, but a majority of this roster has multiple years of eligibility left. This is a team that is going to build through experience if it stays together. And I think if you play the quarterback of the future, this young guy, and give people signs of, hey, we're not there yet, but we can get there playing through you guys. It kind of gives the younger players a, a feeling of this is our team. This is what we can become. And if you see Gavin Wimsett making plays, if you're a teammate of his, you can see kind of the future of where this thing is going. Obviously, you see him in practice. It's, that's one thing. But to see him be able to do it in games, if he's able to have a big you know, touchdown pass against Michigan or Michigan State or whatever, if he somehow leads them to a win against Michigan State or Maryland, I mean, that's certainly not out of the realm of possibility. They're not going to beat Michigan this weekend, obviously. But you know, every other game, I mean, imagine Gavin Wimsett, again, hypothetically, just following Pat's like, uh, season-long upset prediction. If Gavin Wimsett <laughs> somehow beats Penn State and it, it does that miracle. I mean, that, that that's a ride of adrenaline for the program throughout the entire offseason that will you will they will feel the reverberations of that so the possibility that is only possible if he plays Uh, to to add to the earlier point the running thing is curious because they did not call many design runs they did a lot less design runs than gleason did for him in the temple game and when he was out of the pocket all right there were some opportunities for him to run he does that flick to manungai when he probably could have just gone for the first down in that early second half play i wonder how much of that was impacted by the fact he got hurt doing running against temple i wonder how much of that was coaching staff instruction versus him has some hesitancy hesitancy from his part to run. Um, and when he did run a couple times, he got smacked hard on those two slides. So, right. Right. And also, I don't know if, if that was how much of that is, is his fault for the mistiming of the slides. How much of that was just some really aggressive tackling from Minnesota. And uh, in fairness to the officials, I thought that they didn't call the flags rightly. I, it's harsh, but by the letter of the law, those aren't, you know, targeting 
calls, but still, it's they were very, pretty close, though. Very, very close, very close. and Man. brutal to watch. Brutal to watch. And again, it, it's very, very good news that he's you know able to play Saturday. It came out of that unscathed. Oh, I was surprised when I saw his head hit the turf. I'm like, well, there you go. And I thought, and and that transitions to the next point. I mean, I thought he was going to be another Sam Brown, and that's. I guess that's the problem when you're when you're thinking, all right, this is where we are now a program looking at the future. You had the future in the Indiana game game. And it is just such a, you know, one of those blows that make you wonder, you know, they joke about the rack being built on the Indian burial, burial ground a million times. But it really just gosh, you finally had something good. I would have loved that would have been something if you could watch Wimsett and Brown these last four games and see what kind of offense they build. I mean, if it's still a running focused offense with passes, they don't have it. And it's just a disappointing moment. What did you see from the running game? And I guess what surprised me, Pat, is that I didn't I knew that Brown was the best back. We've known that for weeks. I didn't think that he was so head, you know, heads, heads and shoulders above the other guys. I'm a little surprised at how much they struggled to run the ball. Yeah, I think a lot of that was Minnesota versus Indiana as well. Right. Uh, not not saying that Brown wouldn't have had success against Minnesota, but Minnesota was infinitely better than Indiana against the run. Yeah. That that made a big deal. And and you're right. I mean, Sam Brown's injury completely changed the offense and put so much more pressure on the quarterback, which is why I think they made this move because they know now that you're not going to be able to play that complimentary football where you win one score games with with Noah Vedral, you need the quarterback to make distinctive wow plays. And that's what Gavin could do. So I think that's why they made the change because they knew that they couldn't run the ball effectively and that ultimately they were going to have to make plays in the pass game, which all along I've been saying has been Gavin's strength. So it was crushing. It's absolutely devastating. And it changed the, changed the trajectory of the season. There's no question about it. Ultimately, I will. I would. I would argue that it was complimentary uh, football because the defense was as bad as the offense, as you <laughs> pointed out. Uh, fun second, your film review. The numbers were worse than I thought. I mean, get, you know, get, give me a sense of what you saw. Similar to Pat's point, this is Minnesota versus Indiana. Uh, Minnesota, it was tricky to kind of figure out because their good games were against very bad teams and their not so good games were against, you know, decent to good teams. I don't know if I would say that Rutgers is a bad team per se because of how much they struggled. And honestly, the real issue was just the first two drives because after that, they were pretty good. The scores at the end were more of a result of turnovers from the offense than Mm -hmm. the defense. They really hunkered down. And some of that issue was that Rutgers got Sam Brown. Uh, Essentially, I wrote that Rutgers got out Rutgers. Mo Ibrahim is just an older, stronger, more physical Sam Brown in that he forced nine missed tackles. That's insane. Rutgers had 21 missed tackles in the first seven games. So he's hard to bring down. Uh, You saw in that first play of the game, if Christian Izzian gets that safety in the end zone, I don't think the game changes by much, but I do think it does shift some momentum there. Uh, And there was some more, more, they couldn't get off the field on third down. A lot of those third downs were third and short, so they really couldn't stop him on any play. So I think they had a poor start. They bounced back, but by that point, the offense couldn't come back. question going into the game with the defense was that they played really well against bad teams. Could they do it against a good team? They didn't in the start. They got a little bit better. I'm very curious to see how they do against Michigan because Ohio State was their worst game. Minnesota was easily their second worst game. Yeah. Now they're playing maybe the best offensive line in the country. That's certainly in the Big Ten. And I'm wondering how they, they'll bounce back from that. It could be a long day. All right, let's dive into true or false, guys. You know the rules. We've got some good topics here, starting with the obvious one. True or false, Rutgers will win another game this season. Fonseca, go. True. Oh, okay. Wow. Pat? True. I'm going false. I, I just, with, with Wimsett and this schedule, I don't see it. All right. True or false? Penalties are a coaching issue. Wow. Fun second. True or false? I'll say true. 
Okay. Pat? I'm going to say it's execution, so false. All right. I'm going to go half true as well. I know that's a cop out. All right. True or false? Four and eight would be viewed as a major step back for this program. Would it be a big step back for the sake of true or false? I'll say false. We'll elaborate later. Okay. Pat? I'll say false as well. Yeah, I'm going to say false, and this could be a good topic. True or false? Big Cliff. Basketball, true or false? Big Cliff is going to win the Big Ten Player of the Year. Fonseca, how confident are you in Big Cliff? True or false? False, but I think he'll be a first-team All-Big Ten guy. Pat? False because the hype around uh, the kid from Indiana is outrageous. False because it's Rutgers and they'll screw you. All right. True, True or false? Tunnels are dangerous. You guys know what this is about? Little incident in Michigan, true or false? Are tunnels dangerous? False. Pat, true or false? <laughs> what do you got? You gonna go true? I'll go with true. Right. Tunnels are dangerous. False. All right. And finally, you guys know you guys, I wasn't on the trip, but you guys you didn't think I was gonna get there with this. But finally, true or false, Mary Tyler Moore is one of the 10 most significant figures in American television history. Fonseca, is that true or false? You have to be trolling me. This is the most false thing you've ever said on this podcast. And listen, there's a long list of those things. <laughs> I mean, Pat, this is obviously true. You know it's true. It's uh, definitely, false. definitely false. Did you not know who Mary Tyler Moore is either? Come on. Tell no, me. No, I knew. did. You I did. did. That's why I, right. I, I recognize the statue. To set this straight, I wasn't there, but I had a source. A source close to the road trip. Chris Heisman, our competitor still leaked this information to me because it was important. I knew this, that, that you walk past, and this is an ongoing trend. We go to a different city. You walk past the iconic statue of Mary Tyler Moore, one of the uh, big, biggest figures in American television, television history, and said, who the hell is that? Is this, is this an accurate depiction of what happened? Yeah, so we pass by the statue, and, and Pat jumps up to high five her. I'm like, oh, this, this must be a cute little statue they have for Halloween. And I'm like, who <laughs> the hell? for halloween i don't know uh, new brunswick had statues uh, in october of albert einstein and some other guys playing chess in the middle of the street so i figured that's what every major city did but anyway and i'm like who is that no who, who is on the statue and they said who is it mary tyler moore i don't even know i thought she was like a senator <laughs> were, were, were tvs in color when she was on on tv what was no, she even on i mean she that's what this is so this is the problem i had like it'd be one thing if it was a character on tv who had a show famous show whose name the name of the show was the mary tyler moore show i mean that was the name of the show i'm not even being facetious i literally had never heard of that before saturday night incredible it's not i've given that gave us a lot of thought i had like a six-hour trip flight coming back from seattle i spent the entire time thinking about this and i decided that john glenn is still a more offensive (laughs) not to know i decided that i'm not gonna i'm not gonna replace john glenn but that i'm more it's just a really really that's how I felt about it. Really? I would easily agree. John Glenn is more egregious. I have no qualms about that. I've accepted that. You know, I've, she, I failed. I mean, she my died. It was a big, she just died. I don't know how recently, but sort of recently. It was a big deal in the news. Everyone was sad. Dick Van Dyke. I mean, the tributes to Mary Tyler Moore. Didn't Dick Van Dyke die recently too? No, he's not dead. He's alive? Dick Van Dyke? Yeah. Didn't they stop alive. doing the uh, the New Year's yeah. Day thing with him? Oh my God. No, it's not Dick Clark. That's not <laughs> he did it right live on the podcast. He did another one. No, uh, this is not. This is not a bit, folks. This is not a bit. This is literally <laughs> a different person. I'm, I'm, oh, I'm not. Man. I'm not 
stooping to the level of making up my being dumb for the pod. I really did not know who this was. I wouldn't be interested to know from our podcast audience. You guys hit us on the nj.com slash text and on Twitter. How many of you actually knew who, what is it? Mary, Mary Tyler Moore are, is? Yeah. Oh yeah, all. Please let me know. Be I, I, need, I need some support here. This, this, yeah. I'm getting we'll do a up. Twitter poll. We'll do a Twitter, Twitter poll. poll. Do you right. know Mary okay. Tyler Moore? The, the, the Rutgers beat is ganging up on me entirely. Competitors are joining Politi. They're all ganging up on me. I need some help from the, the Rutgers just, fan base. Help it's me just out, impossible not to. It's like just seeing a body on the ground. You just can't help but kick it. I'm sorry. That's just where we're at with this. All right, moving on. Tunnels. I mean, that the, out of Michigan, the news. And I thought about it. It's interesting. Rutgers does have a stadium situation where there is only one tunnel. It's interesting. I wonder if we didn't ask about it, but I wonder if it's something that uh, Rutgers has given thought to, to be careful about it. I mean, obviously what happened in Michigan is not, I mean, Michigan has been playing it in that stadium for a hundred years. It hadn't happened before the terrible assault by the Michigan state players. It's a fascinating story just to watch Jim Harbaugh calling for criminal charges. I mean, this is a, this is a serious deal, dude, man. It's a wild and disgusting story. We did ask, I did ask about it uh, we did. on Monday. Yeah. Okay. Greg just said that the way they do it timing wise prevents all the issues at Rutgers, which I don't, I'm sure every stadium times it out right as well. But for, for whatever reason, Michigan two weeks, two games in a row, not weeks in a row have had incidents because this is even better the week before. I don't know if you read about what happened with Penn state. James Franklin was complaining about the tunnel situation and said that they needed to have policy right. changes made. And that happened after they were, they were yelling at each other and allegedly Penn State players were throwing peanut butter and jelly sandwiches at the Michigan players at halftime, at halftime. So it wasn't a post-game altercation in that one. That was a halftime one. But it's crazy. Rutgers does have the same situation, though. They both enter that tunnel. But I think the timing of it is just a little bit better where the officials walk one team out and then they come back and get the other team. And it's just timed a little bit better. And then as they exit, you know, Rutgers sings the alma mater. So they're not necessarily going into the tunnel at the same time as the visiting team. Gotcha. Hmm. Okay. Well, well, hopefully that we'll avoid you here in Piscataway. All right. So four and eight. Now let's talk about that really quick. I, I think that's where it's headed. I don't think they will win another game based on what I saw against Minnesota. They'll have two pretty good chances. Uh, Michigan State and Maryland aren't certainly aren't great teams, but uh, they're better than Rutgers right now. And I just think the quarterback, the growing pains, why I think it's possible that it won't be viewed as a big step is because the key is being able to look at it and say, all right, I see the pieces. I see the development. I wasn't I wasn't seeing that offensively, certainly against Iowa and Nebraska, either neither did Greg Schiano clearly fired his offensive coordinator. So they've got four games to to at least prove that to you. So you can watch it and there's a, a, a chance to get through this, right? Brian, is that why you said true? Is why you said false to that question as well? Exactly. It record is irrelevant, I think. because this team was never going to be a six and six team. It was always about can you see at the end of the season growth? I think you see that clearly in the defensive side of the ball. You see a ton of young studs who can develop and become a really solid upper half in the Big Ten defense. Offensively, the offensive line is, uh, again, better than last year. You hope that by the end of the year, you see a little bit more strides. You hope that Ireland Brown could learn how to snap a ball without committing a false start and that uh, some of the tackles get some improvement. And uh, again, obviously, the elephant in the room, the big question is Gavin Wimsett. Are we going to see development in the last four games? And I think that's why it's good that they're giving him a shot. If you see Gavin Wimsett make completing more percentage of his passes, making you know at least one wow play per game, cutting down on his interceptions, which have been a very big issue. He has five and eight games. You know it's not entirely great. I'm not sure if the one against Minnesota was egregious. It looked like half him underthrowing the ball, half 
the safety of Minnesota making a great play. But yeah, if he can fix all those things and and show that he's headed in the right direction and that he can be a kid that's molded by the next offensive coordinator, uh, I think the Nunzio Campanelli to offensive coordinator uh, train kind of died from the hype that it had after Indiana. Uh, <laughs> so I think depending on who that is, if, if they can come in and see Gavin Wimsett as a moldable future starting quarterback, I think that's a positive step. And I do think people that are hitting the panic button about Gavin Wimsett after one game really should calm down. Not after one game. Let's be, let's be honest. Let's be fair. Fair, fair. It's not a small, it's not really a small window anymore. I get it. He's still 18, 19, he's 19 years old now, but I'm not falling in that trap. The, the, the age thing, I, I'm, not, I'm not sick of hearing that he should have been in high school. We're going to be talking about that when he's 24 years old. Like he just got out of high school, but <laughs> I do think he's not had a chance of consecutive games week to week. Correct. Knowing, and this is the first time he knows he's the start. This is like, all true. Yes. I think that we have to kind of give him some slack in that sense that this is the first time he's going to get some continuity and some ability to learn from his mistakes on a week-to-week basis instead of playing four snaps in one game, playing five in another, hurting himself, missing three weeks, et cetera. And not every quarterback is going to make it. I think that's the truth. I think one person to look at as a beacon is uh, DTR at UCLA. was a highly rated kid. People were very disappointed with him as a freshman, disappointed with him as a sophomore. And now with Chip Kelly, he's one of the best quarterbacks in the country. I'm not saying that Gavin Wimsett will become that. I'm saying that kids have turned things around. There's many more examples that I can't think of off the top of my head. Uh, again, not to say that he will be DTR. I think it's possible and that people should calm down a little bit from their early anxieties. All right. That's a good transition to insider questions because guess what? People are not calm. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for subscribing, everyone. Thank you for your questions from the tech service and from Twitter now. We have the Twitter feed at Rutgers Rant. We're going to take a couple questions from there as well. Dick Van Dyke still alive at 96 years old, first of all. All right. First question, and this is this is a bunch of, uh, we've got a lot of them. I'll try to condense many of the uh, whimsical questions because we answered a bunch of them already. But Josh in Arlington, Virginia. Uh, where do we go from here? I'm hoping Wimsett will develop with time, but why has it been so hard for Rutgers to find a quarterback that's adequate? The wide receivers in line weren't doing any favors, but what is Rutgers doing differently than other programs? Tanner, Tanner Morgan and Wimsett are from the same state. Why is Tanner that much better even as a freshman? Yeah, I, Pat, I don't know. Where do you go from? It's just, it, it is a, it, it's just been a bunch of misses. That's the only yeah. way you can put it. I don't know. It's not, I mean, it's not in the water in Piscataway. It's been three different coaching staffs. I mean, what do you think it is? Uh, that's such an impossible question to answer. So I don't, I, don't, I don't even know. I think just development takes time is the easy cop-out answer. Right. But uh, I think a lot of what we saw with Wimsett was game flow. And I'm not sure exactly that he got into a good enough rhythm because of the drops and the three and outs and, and things like that. So let's not just like. Experience the Heldridge Hotel, a luxury hotel that's perfect for both the business and leisure traveler. Ideally located within minutes of Rutgers University, the Heldridge is convenient to all the action and activities at SHI Stadium, Jersey Mike's Arena, and the Rutgers University campus. The moment you walk through the doors of the Heldridge Hotel and Conference Center, you know you're someplace different. A place with an independent spirit and a boutique vibe. A place where you can immerse yourself in your meeting or event as easily as you can the local culture. Located in the heart of the city, the Heldridge lets you experience all that New Brunswick has to offer. Whether you're coming to New Brunswick for a fun weekend with friends, in town for a Scarlet Knights game, or attending a business meeting, book your accommodations today at theheldridge.com. Let's not diagnose this all as a failure in one game. Let's right. let's let's be patient a little bit. 
Um, and it's supporting cast too. I mean, let's put that right, out there. Right, too. You know, right. that that's a big pro. Rutgers had, I mean, when, even when Rutgers had one good receiver, when they had Leonte Carew, I mean, he made some average. You made, you made Chris Laviano look like a, like a good quarterback at times. I mean, that's yeah, that's part like, of it. Yeah, right. Like Muhammad Sanu was Tom, like Tom Savage and Chase Dodd threw threw him the ball a hundred times a game. Right. There's yes. no one at Rutgers that that's getting anything like that. No, it is, it is totally true. All right, dive into some other questions. Um, can't we assume at this point that Nunzio won't be the offensive quarter next year? I would imagine that Greg wants to bring an exciting name in based on that. When do you think it happens? I don't know. I'm not quite there yet <laughs> to say that he won't be the guy, Brian. I mean, what, uh, what, what, and if, and if not, I'm also not there that it's going to be some, you know, I'm not going to bring in, you know, Bill Walsh too. I, I think it's going to be competitive to find the guy. It's going to be, it's going to be a consistent coach. It's not going to be someone they're not going to bring in. You know, I mean, I've seen some crazy names. So what do you think? Lincoln Riley is not giving up his head. That's what that's the, yeah, right. That's, that's the kind of name I'm seeing. So if you're like, any chance we can get Matt rule to come here and be off. No, I think it's too early. I know I just joked about the hype train dying. I think he still has four more games. I'm with you. I think it's going to be an assistant, maybe an OC at a lower level, maybe an assistant coach at a power five level. I don't think they're going to take a city coach. I don't think they're going to get a huge splashy name. And I'm almost certain that fans, the initial reaction just based off the name will be underwhelming because I don't expect a name brand brand name to come. But again, it's still a little too early to hit the brakes on the, on the uh, Nunzio train. All right, question from Don Signorino Signorino on Twitter. Uh, what is Shiano going to do about all these penalties? It is insane how prevalent and reoccurring they are. Pat, I a couple of them that are. I mean, the two false starts on on Ireland Brown at center. Like, what? I have that. I don't even know how that he's got the ball. Yeah. And then there's the offside. We've had offsides on kickoffs, which is just like I don't know. I mean, there's just a couple that you're like, all right, well that one. That one seems like that's coaching. Yeah. Kid, if a kid drags someone down as a holding penalty, what are you going to do? But I don't know. It's just weird. It is so weird for a, a team and a coach that has a reputation of being such a stickler for little things. Like, I don't even know. I don't, again, I don't know how you fall start as a center. Like maybe once, once a season, you'll see a center watching every NFL game. You'll see a center fall start once. To see Ireland Brown fall start now like four, five, six times is like is mind blowing. I'm sure Shiano is just so furious with the penalties, but I don't know how you cut him down. Uh, like <laughs> besides yeah. just screaming at the kids, I'm sure he's absolutely just berating them in practice. But I don't know. It's just a year. It's just one of those years. I think at this point, this is an under if when it comes to that and that's just that's just like they can't they're not good enough to overcome it certainly but that's a problem yeah uh, offsides on kickoff is like the dumbest penalty i've ever seen another question this is from brendan hoke who i was the best man in his wedding and he's still and listen Rutgers fans this guy this is one of my longtime friends here on twitter he's he's right if, if he's, he's still my friend even after 20 years of covering Rutgers. so clearly i'm not as bad as you think all right brendan wants to know every year it seems like Rutgers has a breakout player that has a great game and then gets hurt or is out for the season <laughs> is this just Rutgers luck or is there a pattern showing with poor conditioning i i mean it's not the, you know i think they've got good trainers I, like we had this question with the giants for years brian we, it's just like it was like is, is it a problem with the turf is it a problem with the training staff i i don't know I think I think it's football. I think it's luck. I think the fact that there's only, you know, a half a dozen 
players that you're like, oh, we can't lose those guys. And when they go down, you think it's, it's, it's the injury problem is worse than it is. I mean, what do you think? Is there anything, any, anything you can tie together here with, with Brown's injury? Totally agree with you. I don't think any amount of conditioning could have prevented him from hurting his foot. I think it's just dumb luck. And this is a, a violent game, as Shano says all the time. And injuries happen. And for Rutgers, fortunately for them, it just happens happen a lot to their to their best players because they don't have as many as other teams. And but to be in fairness, you look at I just saw the news this morning, Roquan Smith, starting linebacker for Georgia, one of the best defensive players in the country, probably has a season ending injury hey, after playing Florida. Yeah. It just happens, you know. Yeah. Uh, Quinn Ewers got hurt for Texas for a while. It, it just happened. All right, two more really quick. Mike from Jackson wants to know, do you think, is it a crazy question, do you think Pat Hobbs has, quote-unquote, buyer's remorse? Brett Berlima of Illinois is already bowl eligible and is fighting for the Big Ten West Division title. <laughs> you know, like, there's a lot of there's a lot of, a lot of things you'd assume here if he's, you know, would Pat Hobbs be watching from his living room of these games if, if he hired Brett Berlima as head coach after what, you know, the, 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 what happened with Greg Schiano and the, incredible level of of vitriol over that process i mean i don't you know i, I think people who are jumping off the, the shiano as the right hire back then are just kind of losing perspective i mean if he's the right hire back then you can make a strong case if i i would make the strong case and i may make that strong case in the column that nothing about that has changed i mean you still need a guy who understands Rutgers, who can who can recruit in this state and it is Rutgers, i say bigger rebuilding job than illinois and they're in the Big Ten East, which is far harder. Pat, am I wrong here? No, everything you said is completely accurate. I just find it fascinating when the, the one thing about Illinois, which is remarkable, the two quarterbacks are Tommy DeVito from Don Bosco Prep, <laughs> who is a flunk out at Syracuse, uh, has turned into a masterful uh, quarterback under amazing. Bill Emma's direction. And Arsikowski is his backup. So, But you're so right about the scheduling and the patience with Shiano. I don't know how far Illinois dropped off, but the fact that they got to the top with, with Tommy DeVito is, is a remarkable coaching job. Yeah. He's the coach of the year. No question. But yeah. I mean, you, you put him here and I think he'd probably be probably, well, I don't know if you bring the five and three, four and ten, four and four, who knows? Certainly not, not like they were going to beat Ohio state. I mean, like look, look who's Illinois beaten. I mean, they, they get it. They're, they're having a great year. Congratulations. But they would have lost by 50 points. They too. beat Minnesota, I think, right? They did. Then they, there you go. That is that is the one. That is the big win, certainly. So they're a better team, uh, certainly. But they were better. I mean, we saw them play Rutgers. <laughs> so we know it was close, but in the worst, they were still a better team. But finally, can we talk more basketball, please, <laughs> instead of the floundering football team that is just playing out the season? What do you think of the freshmen? I know everyone's raving about Simpson, but the defense in the 12 minutes I saw from Wolfhook was the most surprising part of the game. This is obviously Fairfield, a little exhibition game. Uh, give us your full report, Fonseca, from the basketball's first teaser of the year. We will talk probably more basketball next Monday before their season opener against Columbia. I am not going to go in depth on a scrimmage against Fairfield. I'll talk about it. Give I some. want people to know that it's irrelevant in the grand scheme of things. I think it's very funny that people see a good game and they think he this player is a future superstar and then they see a bad game and they just say, hey, oh, it's a scrimmage. It, it's it's right. it's very interesting. I think, look, Derek Simpson was very impressive. I think people saw a lot of what I saw when I saw him a couple games in high school, really athletic, uh, really good offensive weapon, can get to his own shot. Defensively is still raw. Um, I like what I see mentality-wise. When I watched him in high school, I wasn't sure if he had, for lack of a better way to put it, the dog in him, the, 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 the will, the desire to defend to a level that has to work at Rutgers. As someone put it to me, 
if he doesn't have, he won't play for Steve Peichel, right? I think he he's kind of figured that part out. He still has to gain a lot of weight. He's very skinny. He's very evidently a freshman. But I liked what he, I saw from him. Cam Spencer had a bit of a tough game. I think he really, he's really just looked tight to me. He really, I don't know if I nervous is the right word. I think he'll obviously be better. And Cliff is physically dominant. I mean, the first play of the game, they, hit, they throw him the ball inside. And he just bullies this guy off the ball, like shoulders him almost across the court and gets in the layup. <laughs> He hits a, a mid-range jumper. He shows a willingness to shoot three. I'm very impressed with him. Again, this is Fairfield. This is an exhibition game where I don't think they went 100% speed because they shouldn't. I think people should pump the brakes on taking any big picture things away from these preseason scrimmages. I think we'll know a lot more. Uh, the big, the biggest thing to take away from this is who didn't play. Caleb McConnell uh, still banged up with the knee injury. Sometime between Big Ten Media Day in Minneapolis and Media Day at Rutgers, he got hurt in one of those two practices because he was available in Minneapolis and he wasn't, that, wasn't for the media day. He still hasn't recovered. Steve Peichel's very uh, not revealing about his injuries, very Shano-esque, and said he let the, the doctor clear him and let us let them know when he'll play. I, I would be surprised if he played in the season over against Columbia. I could see him missing a couple of games just based on the fact that, you know, we're a week out from the start of the season and he didn't play in the scrimmage. Um, I think they can afford to not play him against Columbia, against uh, Sacred Heart and UMass Lowell. Uh, I think the concern comes, you know, a week later against Temple. So we'll monitor that. That's the biggest news, I think. Um, and for someone who said they wouldn't go in depth on the Fairfield scrimmage, I've been going on for a yeah, while. Guess so. what? Yeah, you did. You really did. Yeah, yeah. It is a funny thing with with the injuries. You know, I mean, I I assume he's going to play, but if if you told me he's he's having his leg amputated based on what happened with Sam Brown, and that's our next transition to the predictions. We all got it wrong. Wrong. I got it the wrongest, the most wronger. Uh, prediction the minnesota game of course if i had known sam brown wasn't going to play i might i not might have i would have made a different prediction uh we did not we didn't find out till saturday morning and that's uh that's uh greg shiano and he said it after the game he's not going to do anything that hurts his program even if the reporters covering it uh look like jackasses so we're all we all went zero and three in that one uh michigan minus 24 is that the line Jumped to 27. It's already 27. I thought 24 seemed like 27 seems about right. Which direction are you going on this one? Uh, I don't know who's you're, you're still in first place, right? Since we all got it wrong. So what do you have, Brian? I watched Michigan just obliterate Penn State. Just absolutely demolished it. That mental image has me thinking that Michigan is going to just run right over Rutgers. I don't know if any team in the country could stop this Michigan team that I saw. I'll go Michigan 42, Rutgers 3. Okay, that's certainly 27. Um, Pat? Yeah, Brian uh, talked about the offense and how diverse Michigan can be. They can do everything, which is a major concern. Rutgers couldn't stop Minnesota's run game. You got to think they're going to have trouble stopping Michigan, which is a better run game than than Minnesota. So I have a hard time thinking uh, Rutgers is going to cover in this one. I'm kind of on the same exact board as, uh, as Brian, but I'll throw him a touchdown at least. So let's go. Uh, Cause it can't get shut out two weeks in a row. Nunzio's offense is too good for that. I think Wimsett shows a little bit more in this game. Let's go Michigan 40 Rutgers seven. All right. Uh, I'm going to go in the other direction. And it, this is just one of these games is going to come down to, what happens at the end and when your old when your old pal pj fleck punch, punches one in with uh 40 seconds left or how a minute 40 however much time was left 
Um, you know, again, you think, well, what, what would Jim Harbaugh do? I, I think that, you know, the, the Jim Harbaugh is going to take his foot off the gas in this game. Um, I'm assuming that Rutgers is not going to turn the ball over a million times that Michigan is not a high, they will dominate the game, but I, I, I'm thinking that they're not going to do it in the way that score points in bunches the way Ohio State can. Uh, mostly, I just want to catch up and beat Fonseca. So I need to make a move eventually. This seems like the wrong week to do it, but I'm going to do it anyway. But it's a Michigan 38, Rutgers 14. That's 24 points. That gives me a shot. Shot to come back. But yes, smart, not, yeah. smart move. Smart move, right? This is uh, this is not my first time around the block here. All right. Other thoughts? Uh, I wrote down that Rutgers has the number two seed in the men's soccer big 10 tournament. Interesting. Uh, women's soccer. What else we got? Anything else going on? Yeah, men's soccer had a very good season. Uh, yeah. Again, like we mentioned last podcast, leading scorer in the country, MD Myers, uh, best finish in the Big Ten regular season uh, ever, uh, better yeah. than the 2015 team that made the NCAA tournament. Who's the best uh, team in the in men's soccer? Do we know? Maryland won the Big Ten, I believe, this Maryland. year. Maryland. Uh, yeah, they're they're very good at the Olympic sports. Uh, Indiana is typically a powerhouse. I don't think they're that good this season. Yeah. I haven't been paying as much attention as I should, admittedly. But yeah, Rutgers had... Uh, a good season. They play good soccer. And uh, Friday night, they will host uh, their first Big Ten tournament game since 2015 uh, at night under the lights at your sec field. I'll be there. Should be a good game. Good environment. Uh, looking forward to it. Women's soccer, the high, the high standards that this team has set is uh, what makes the ending, uh, not the ending of the season because they're going to make the NCAAs, but them dropping out in the quarterfinals of the Big Ten tournament, disappointing. I, I can't remember if I mentioned this on the live podcast, but this team is the opposite of what Michael Neal teams have been in that they used to be so solid defensively, and you always wondered where that one goal was coming from. Whereas this team scores in bunches, and they just can't stop anybody. Lost two one to Northwestern in the quarterfinals of the Big Ten tournament, and now they await their NCAA tournament fate. I think they can certainly make a run. This this team has shown it can, but uh, I think globally the season has been a disappointment based on the expectations they've set in the past. Well, it's still, they still exactly, they can still uh, t- turn that on its heels uh, pretty quickly in the NCAA tournament. All right. Uh, field hockey is in as well. Anything else coming up here? No, not that I know of. Not that I know of. All well, right. basketball starts in a week, but we we'll, got like that. Said, we'll talk about that next week. Massive season preview coming next week. On that note, let me sign off. Thanks for listening. We will be at the Michigan game, all three of us. We, we keep recap that basketball preview next week. Thanks to Devco for sponsoring this crazy outfit. Thanks to Mary Tyler Moore for being an inspiration to generation of female actors and for making television history. And other than that, that's all I got. Signing off. Thank you for listening to the Rutgers Rant. To participate in the conversation and receive live updates about the Scarlet Knights directly to your phone, sign up at nj.com slash insider.